uh, in a nursing home. I did some home health for a while. And uh, then I was doing, uh, went back into pediatrics and was doing adults and kids for a while. And the last uh, three years I've been doing straight pediatrics. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah. So physical therapy has been around for decades. Uh, one of the ones that kind of brought on the idea was uh, hypocrites from the Greek area. And, you know, he kind of uh, you mean he the, came about yeah. with new age yeah. of medicine, medicine and all that. And Hippocrates. Then, yeah, yeah. Not and, hypocrites. Oh, I, sorry. <laughs> how do you say? Hippocrates. Hippocrates. You said hypocrite. Hippocrates. <laughs> Hippocrates. Okay. See, I even tried to type it in on Google, and that's what it said. So I was like, I gotta, get, I gotta get this right. I gotta learn how to say it. But it's, I mean, yeah. no, you have the right idea. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, with Hippocrates, after Hippocrates, um it kind of emerged again and it became more popular, especially after World War One. Yeah, that's when it yeah, was more needed with the soldiers coming back from the war. And then you got this association that was created to help the people that, you know, went to war and need kind of this physical uh, therapeutic treatment. What were some of the things that got you interested in physical therapy? Um, yeah, that's correct. In America, it was really post-World War One or during World War One that um, modern physical therapy came into being and involved. Um, I initially got interest in healthcare. Uh, I didn't. I, that was. I was getting near the end of college. I was actually a literature major, and uh, make a long story short, the. the became a Christian and the Lord had some different plans for my life, which was fine. And so I was just seeking the Lord and just praying and saying, you know, what should I do with my life now? I have my own plans and my own path. And I didn't feel like God was saying that was bad, but I was like in my senior year of college and just felt like God said, just, just finish that and just keep seeking me. And I said, okay, you know, I'll finish that. And then I just felt the leading uh, into medical field, into healthcare, and was looking at a, a few different things. And um, I didn't know anything about physical therapy. I'd never really heard of it. I was doing a job as a nursing assistant, and the um, mm. nurse said that the physical therapist is going to come show you some exercises to do the patient. And I was like, physical therapist, what is that? I never heard about it. I never needed it. I never, no one in my family. And so, um, I uh, started learning some basic physical therapy, and I said, oh, I like this a lot better. I thought I wanted to be a nurse, and I love nurses, got nothing against nursing, but uh, therapy was just a better fit, so I started pursuing that, and uh, that was a long time ago, maybe about the time you might not even been born yet, <laughs> two or three years old, about 1983. Oh, yeah, definitely not. 1984 was when I was doing the nursing a nursing assistant because I thought I wanted to be a nurse and wanted to get some experience. But then I started uh, studying therapy in 1985 and started working in 87. Mm-hmm. So from 1983, when you started physical therapy uh, and now, how much, uh, how much has it evolved and how much things has it, have you learned from it? Oh, it's changed because before um, there was just a lot of traditional exercises we used to do that were built up say from the 40s to the early 80s but there was no evidence mm. and there was no research or not very much and medicine has changed the model to what's called evidence-based evidence-based mm-hmm. practice so physical therapy has evolved to become what's now is like an evidence-based practice so everything has to be researched and there's been a lot of research done um, so before people were just using different, uh, which they still do, but people were using different, uh, kind of schools of thought or therapy schools or practices and techniques, but none of it had been really tested. So some things have gone the wayside because they haven't held up. Uh, there used to be, for example, something called pat patterning where you've got one person, like say you had a stroke patient or someone who's paralyzed and you got one person like 
one person took an arm and a leg and you and you moved them around and you tried to get them to to you know what um it was a lot of labor intensive and uh, <laughs> uh it didn't work so it went out well although you might run into it once in a while some people still believe in it so it's kind of like the flat earth theory right you know? um you know some people still believe the world is flat and or more like i heard one guy say it's a frisbee you know so <laughs> it's got a little curve so things have changed become more evidence and the profession has changed from where used to be the certificate level used to be a bachelor's level when i when i started um uh, the bachelor's was being phased out to the master's so i ended up getting i ended up with a master's now it's a doctorate program it's a six uh six-year program and uh you know I, I went back and got my doctorate at some at one point there a few years ago uh so it's you know it has evolved has changed and someone like me learned kind of the old school some of the old school stuff that was never proven which is no longer taught in school but some of it's really still uh, it just hasn't had the research mm. and um it's not that it's uh, harmful or anything but they won't teach it in therapy school unless it's been proven by you know randomized double blind studies right um, so I have somewhat of an advantage because once in a while I'll get a student and they're like, we didn't learn that in school. What's that technique? What's that? I said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a technique that you don't learn anymore, but it's still a good technique. So right. it's kind of, it's like you can combine the good, the good with the, with the, with the new, you know, and some of the stuff, um, thank God has, has passed on because they were still teaching, um, patterning back when I was in school, they were teaching it to tell us not to do it, but, uh, you know, it's not practiced anymore. So I don't know right. if that answers your question. I'm going to go on and on and on, but that's okay. It's okay. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> so, and then when you were going to school for, you know, for, uh, to become a physical therapist, uh, were you also doing not only reading and writing and all that but were you guys kind of also uh did you have people that you would experiment or try yeah on? we worked we worked on each other like oh. we had labs and we learned all different techniques on each other you practice on each other when you're first starting out now they're not going to give you a live patient but you can always work on each other and um you know some of the people in the class might have a problem or something so or might have had an experience or might have had a surgery so um typically younger people. So I remember there were a couple of girls that had ACL surgery, you know, knee surgery. So, um, you know, practicing on each other was, was definitely a good place to start, but everyone's, everyone's fair game, so to speak. Right. Right. And then, and then you get out, um, it's, it's very structured program. Yeah. You start with a lot of, um, uh, you know, classroom instruction, but then they gradually get you out, you start with like a two week thing and then you gradually work your way out where you're working with patients with the supervisor, mm. instructor, instructor. There's a quote from Hipp Hippocrates. You got it. <laughs> that says, if we could give every indi individual the right amount of nourishment and exercise, not too little and not too much, we would have found the safest way to health. What are your thoughts on that? Sounds about right. <laughs> so what do you think? Much. I don't think, well, it's like with, with nutrition, obviously, if you know, you gotta have the right amount, not too much, not too little. Exercise for most people, I don't find too many people who overdo exercise. Mm. Most people are struggling to do any. <laughs> at least in, at least here in the United States, you know? Right. So it's a balance, yeah. Um, maybe back then, because Hippocrates, that was way back, and those are the uh, original Olympians. Maybe they had people who just exercised, you know, all the time. But um, what do you think are the things that keep people away from exercising and eating healthy? Oh, laziness, because you know, exercise takes effort and um, natural 
body really doesn't want to do anything except sleep and eat. So mm. um, it takes a, and it takes self-discipline and either doing it at home or going to the gym. And a lot of people go to the gym because they need to be around people. And um, some people that just don't have the right goals. They think that they can just hop on a bike or something and they're going to be in shape in, you know, a week. Yep. But, and it, it's a painful process. And I mean, I do a ton of exercise and I'm very self-disciplined, but I built it up over the years. And even a lot of the times, the best thing about exercise is when you're done. It's like um, doing it and it's, 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 it's not fun most of the time. But you have to find something you enjoy doing. Right. You don't and even, enjoy it, and even after you feel, I would say that you feel great. I mean, even like I try to work out as, as much as I can. And even when I'm done working out and I feel good, I don't even feel like um, eating something that's any junk food or any like that. Because I just feel like, okay, if I'm going to eat this junk food or whatever, you know, whatever I'm craving, then it's like, I didn't even go to the gym. It, to me, it just feels like a waste of time, a waste yeah, of food, yeah. you know? You, yours, you didn't do it, yeah. Um, but, you know, this muscle soreness, people try to work out and they just, they run, in, run into problems, you know? But uh, I heard a guy recently say he's addicted to the results. Mm. And I'm very addicted to the results. I feel good. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't exercise, I'd feel bad. So mm. I'm totally addicted, you know, so you have to have the results. It has to be out there, you know. So a lot of people getting started, they don't know how to get started. They might have health problems and think they can't exercise. They, they, they need help. They need guidance. What are the things that you implemented, like, in your lifestyle to keep yourself healthy? Stretching. Lots of stretching. <laughs> how, how mean, much I, stretching do you do well my stretching routine takes two hours mm. and i i do everything at least twice a week i w actually cut down recently because uh, i was doing two to three hours a day now i'm doing one to two hours a day wow. of just any kind of exercise i i cut down because i'm trying to get this side business going you know mm -hmm. and um i need to open up some time but um given I, I would easily do three hours a day yeah, as time allows. So um, I do a lot of stretching. I'm 60 years old. So um, the older I get, the more stretching I do. I have a very good routine right now. It's, it's, it's good. I don't need to add anything to it. But um, some specific problem areas I've had, I have to add some stretches. Like I, I don't have plantar fasciitis right now, but I do prevent, preventive stuff just right. due to the way my foot is. And that takes about 20 minutes just to do those stretches. Now, if no one had that problem, they wouldn't have to do that, that, that part, you know? Right. And well. I do a lot of back strengthening. I do a lot of stuff to keep my back in strength, uh, strong and in shape and flexibility. I find that when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, I didn't do hardly any stretching or even 30s. But the older I have become, more stretching. So some, I'm a big believer in stretching. It's basically three areas, flexibility, strength, and uh, cardio. Mm. And you'll run into people who, you know, say one thing or another, but basically you need to keep, if you don't keep yourself flexible as you age, you'll run into problems because mm. you're trying to do something and the muscles don't have this, the length and you can hurt yourself. Um, cardio, you just need to keep your body, you know, physically good and strength. If you don't exercise after age 40, give or take, you know, everyone's different, you lose two to 3% muscle mass a year. Really? So you might see some people who are overweight, but it's just flab, you know, it's just fat. Um, you've probably seen a lot of frail elderly people. They're, you know, bent over and they're mm -hmm. stiff and they can barely move and they're skinny. I mean, they haven't taken care of their body. And I decided oh, about at least five years ago, because I knew this, uh, maybe 10 years or so ago, to really up my strengthening because I didn't want to be in the flexibility. I didn't want to be one of those people who age, um, you know, poorly. Right. So, I mean, I'm as strong as I 
ever been and um, never really been a flexible person uh, but I'm not any tighter so <laughs> it's 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 a part-time job keeping yourself in shape right where does uh, one like uh would be would yoga be a good way to work out your flexibility i i know some yoga i do some yoga stretching i'm not into the spiritual aspect of it because mm -hmm. there is a spiritual aspect of it which i i mean you know people decide if they want to go there spiritually right but there are a lot stretches and I, I used to do a lot of yoga when I was younger and I still know some and yeah yeah it's um right it's good like I said I don't emphasize the spiritual part of it but uh the flexibility part yeah I know some yoga stuff it's one of good. the things one of the things that I feel has really become undervalued and has kind of forgotten that's so easy and so essential is simply just walking how yeah. and in your field how 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 much of a benefit is it to just walk well walking is a good place to start depends on you know what level of fitness you walk you want mm -hmm. but when i worked with a geriatric population i mean those people some of those people can barely walk some of them haven't walked further than the refrigerator or the tv <laughs> or the bathroom for years so right. um, Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, we, we use that a lot in treatment and goals, and we have different tests. We can actually, well, the test can actually predict um, your life expectancy according to how fast you walk. Right. It's kind of like a car that can barely run, you know, and you know it's not going to be around very long. So uh, we have different tests that we do, and the, the people who design the tests, they've done studies, and, um, you know, we, we can predict and Uh, their life expectancy, we can predict their fitness level just based on their walking speed. Mm -hmm. You know, over a period of, like we have a six minute walk test, we have a two minute walk test, we have a, a 30 foot walk test where they get up and walk and come back. So mm -hmm. yeah, walking is, um, especially like um, cardiac patients, when they come out of a heart surgery, you start them on a walking program. So Okay. Walking very okay. beneficial. I mean, it's a good place to start, and some people may, may, may be that level of fitness was was what they want. But you know, any one of us should be able to go out and walk for half half an hour, at least. Even if you're 90 years old, you know, you, if you keep yourself moving, you keep moving, you'll keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I've started looking into more stretching. So now I'm implementing more stretching you know, to uh, pre my workouts. And, you know, looking back when I was in my early 20s, I didn't do any stretching. And, you know, as soon as I would go to the gym, it was straight to the workouts, no stretching. I just found that, you know, I just didn't find that useful. It wasn't fun, but it's not I, fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with you, you know, looking now that you've learned all this and gained all this experience if you were you know to tell yourself something tell some say something to your to your younger self what would it be oh yeah i, I was the same way in the 20s yeah i uh, would definitely be to um do some more flexibility training earlier in life yeah And the strength you can get back, but I, I, I've always done some strengthening over the years, but it's, I've, I've been very consistent on, uh, I'm a cyclist, so very consistent on the cardio, uh, but this, and some stretching, but like the strengthening would come and go. Like I'd be doing sit-ups and push-ups and some other stuff. They'd be on and off, you know, mm -hmm. but now it's, it's, it's just to be more consistent. Find something you like to do. I mean, there's different things. There's biking, there's walking, there's swimming, there's elliptical, there's a treadmill, there's there's different things. But, you know, consistency is definitely the key. Right. I mean, it's one of our main, <laughs> if you can read that, therapeutic okay. exercise. I mean, this is the book. It's, it's all in here. Mm. That's just one book. We have other books. That's an old book, but it's still good. And what are some of the important... Uh, things that that book talks about well there's different exercises for different problems obviously um, if you've got an orthopedic problem if you've got a neurological problem 
Um, the exercises are targeted to different body regions um, and um, different conditions because, you know, we don't just work on like, you know, um, a lot of people might think physical therapy, like, oh, I hurt my back or I had knee surgery, but um, we work with um, Parkinson's, stroke, for example, multiple sclerosis. And there's, you know, with all the different disease processes, there's different things to take into consideration. Right. To me, it's something, something that I didn't know that through physical therapy, you can actually heal like uh, Alzheimer's or heart attacks or strokes. How, how has that helped towards those kind of, um, those kind of, uh, what would you call them, like injuries or? Conditions. Conditions, yes. Yeah, yeah. well, there's different, um, uh, there's different um, therapy techniques for different problems, so to speak. Like an orthopedic problem would just be someone like yourself, young, maybe you hurt your back or maybe you twisted your ankle or something. So it's pretty straightforward. You don't have any diseases. You're not taking med medications. It's just like, okay, I'm going to work on this guy's ankle. So you sprained your ankle or something and we'll do the specific exercises because like, we know how the muscles work. I mean, we have a lot of anatomy and physiology that we take in neurology. So basically physical therapists are specialists in exercise mm. and different body parts. We know how the joints move. We know what's in there. Uh, I remember when I first started getting interested in exercise in my uh, early 20s, I've been in college and I hadn't worked out for a few years or really done much other than, than study. Um, and you go to the gym and they'd say, oh, you know, do this, do that, or, you know, take this. And, you know, I would ask people why, and they, they didn't know. <laughs> Most people in the gym didn't really know what they were doing. They were just kind of circulating. So that was an interest. I wanted to learn how to do things correctly. Right, right. Therapy teaches you how to do things correctly, what to avoid. You know what's in there, you know. It's not like you just see a hand. I mean, you know what's in there where the tendons are and what to work. Um, but then when you have neurological conditions, that's just uh, what they call neuro, neurotherapy. That's just, it's not just straight orthopedic. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with, with different systems. So it's really a system, systematic approach to, you know, what's going on with someone. Mm. Like um, if you got an elderly patient and okay, he fell down and hurt himself, well, you know, you, you got to find out, you got to check them out and then see what's going on and they might be taking different medications. So you have to know, you have to have a, a basic understanding of pharmacology. You don't, you know, need to know how to prescribe and we don't prescribe medications, but you have to know um, how they're going to affect what you're doing. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it sounds really complicated, but when you work with a particular patient group, you, you learn these things pretty quick. You mentioned that when you start turning 40, you start losing your bone mass. Is that at the age? Muscle mass. Oh, muscle mass. Oh, muscle mass. Okay. So Not at, bone, no. <laughs> you, you can lose bone too. Right. Do, do you know, um, have you guys done like anything that would um, kind of increase more of your bone mass? Well, we can't really. Um, bones, if you, do you mean muscle mass? No, bone mass. A bone mass. Bone mass, the bones respond to the loads that are placed on them. Right. So exercise helps keep your bones strong and healthy because the muscles are pulling on them. Um, but that's more uh, more of a, uh, how would I put it, more of a medical mm, um, okay. thing because osteoporosis, you have to look at um, why they're losing bone mass. A little bit of bone loss is, is normal. And it's not like the bones shrink. They just get... Uh, bone is porous. It's mm -hmm. solid, but it's got pores, and the pores will just expand. That's osteoporosis. It's just your bones are getting more, uh, the holes are getting, the pores are getting bigger. You're losing actual, but for some people, they just, uh, it's a dietary thing. They're just not getting enough calcium in their body. Some, some people's bodies are resistant to absorbing the calcium. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's a medical issue, but, uh, no, we, 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 we don't, if somebody, we take it into consideration, like all, most of the kids I work with are osteoporotic, the severely disabled kids, because they don't do any weight bearing. Mm -hmm. 
they just uh, go into a, uh, maybe some of them have a stander where they'll stand up and that helps keep their bones strong. But basically just moving around, if you sit around a lot or don't move much, your bones are gonna lose their strength. Right. And then with the muscle mass, now that we're getting to that, uh, the, so you, at the age 40, that's when you start losing muscle mass. Before that, do you lose any? Um, well, your body just starts losing it on its own. So um, like if you work out and crazy when you're in your 20s and then you don't do anything, yeah, your muscles are going to shrink down. Uh, but it's it's just the muscles. It's just part of the aging process. So right. um, it accelerates. It's like, remember Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. I mean, he's still a big guy, but he's not anywhere near built as he used to be. Right. I mean, he's still pretty good. I'm not criticizing the guy, but when he was back when he was Mr. Universe, I mean, oh, yeah. he, was, he was awesome. Right. So you can see, like, you know, he's still formed very well, but he's not as big as he used to be. Right. I mean, he was super, super pumped. So a lot of the bodybuilders, yeah, they'll lose some muscle mass. Um, Without getting it, some some people is basically three body types. There's a skinny body type, there's a muscular body type, and um, there's um, uh, a plump body type. Right, which is like the, <laughs> the ectomorph, mesomorph, yeah, yeah, it's, it's and the mesomorph, and ectomorph, right? Endomorph. Yeah, you're probably like me. I'm an endomorph. I'm more of a yes. bony, any car cartilage is like that is your primary tissue. And you'll see some people, they've never lifted a weight in their day, in a day in their life, but they've just got, they're thick. I mean, they're just kind of built naturally. Then you got people who have a lot of adipose tissue, a lot of fatty tissue. No matter what they try, they're always going to be kind of, even if they they could never be 100% slim, their, their, their body is, is more of the uh, plump body type. So there's different challenges. Me, it's very hard for me to build muscle mass. I have to work like crazy. If I stop doing it, I lose it. Mm. so it's a challenge whereas somebody who's kind of a muscular person uh, they're not going to have as much challenge they could do very little i mean they can lift the weight five times and they keep their muscle you know whereas right. me i do it 100 times you know right so it can be difficult depending mm -hmm. on what body type you are right right like i don't have a weight problem i you can in any of these you can still put weight on i mean if i put 20 pounds on I mean, I could eat, eat like crazy and I'll only be 20 pounds overweight. It'll never go more than that because because I've done it. And uh, and then I take it off, you know, <laughs> whereas some people, they're always going to be 20 pounds overweight even if they don't eat. You know, it's like, right. can't. And like I said, the muscular people, they probably got the best of both worlds that they can they can put weight on. They can put on the, the fatty tissue on top of the muscle, but they probably got uh, a good body type. If, if Arnold wanted, now at his age, if he wanted to look close, not exact, but close to what he looked like before, would it involve like a daily workout routine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To get but to that it, level of fitness, to get to that level of, of um, muscular performance, I mean, you got to be working out four hours a day. Wow. Probably. Two hours not more. I mean... Two hours of stretching, two hours of working out. Mm, make it six hours, two hours of stretch. <laughs> you don't really need to stretch every day. I mean, you do a little stretching, but stretching is mm. something you can do like every other day. None of these you need to do every day. Got to do at least twice a week to get results. Three times is better. So like if somebody wants to go out walking, once a week is it's better than nothing, but really you want to do twice. And if you can do three. Even better. It's even better. But. You know, like people who work out, I mean, the difference between these bodybuilders and regular people is their ability to tolerate pain because they, you know, it's like a, it's like a no pain, no gain is, has some truth. They can just, they just push through it. All that working out, it doesn't, you know, um, there's some, there's some muscle fatigue involved and some pain involved. And I, I just look at those guys as, I mean, they, they've been putting up with a lot of pain. Right. I mean, I've never been that big. So um, I don't know how, for me to get that big, I mean, I'd be, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see me anywhere, you know? <laughs> Where's Mark? Oh, he's working out. Mark, yeah, yeah, you've seen him. He's really pumped up. Yeah, he spends five hours a day in the gym, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you definitely have to make that a career in order for you to fully focus yeah. on it. Yeah, it's a part-time career for me. It's like yes. a part-time job. I shouldn't say career because it's, you know, it's just me working out. I got my stuff here at home. Um, I'm very self-disciplined. I like working. I don't like going to the gym. I've gone there. I don't like other people around. I like my wife and daughter. When I work out, I t when I'm exercising, I tell them don't come in the room, you know, the room where I'm, where I'm working out. It's like, no, I tell them go away, stay away for a while. <laughs> I just don't like anybody else around. I constant, you know, cause it's, it's mm -hmm. concentration. Right. Yeah. I'm the same way. I don't like, well, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't mind other people working with me, but I can do it by myself. Cause what kind of when you're doing it by yourself, you're able to do whatever you want, whatever you want to experiment on and like that, you don't have to worry about anybody next to you. And so I, I, yeah. can, I could do a little bit of both. Yeah. I, when I, when I'm traveling, not that I travel much, but on vacation, I always find a hotel, try to find a hotel that has an exercise room. And if it's temporary, yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm very intense. So when I'm when I'm doing intense workout, I'm just focused. And, but like when I'm out at a gym or something, or you know, traveling, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not at the intensity I usually am, just because there's other people around. I mean, I sweat a lot. You know, it's like grunts. <laughs> it's like just, just stay away. You know, I push myself. I say to myself. Because some people need that encouragement. They need the trainer saying, come on, come on. I'm working out and I'm like, I'm out on the, my bike at like five in the morning. I go out and ride the bike in the summer and I'm going up a hill. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. I'm like telling myself, come nice. on, you can do it. go, go, go. But whatever works for you, whatever takes you to get there, you know. Right. And you mentioned you've also, you've gone to other countries and I used to go to Honduras, yeah. Okay, it's the main to do some a therapeutic. Yeah, I lived there for five years. I did medical, I did physical therapy and medical missions over there. Okay, how was that? Well, that that was a while ago, and that's <laughs> that was something else. Let's put it that way. I I was very focused mostly on pediatrics over there, so I. I trained people, I trained some, you know, started a couple little clinics and trained people how to do therapy with kids, pediatric therapy. So that uh, was very good. Before you got there to Honduras to teach uh, physical therapeutic, uh, did they have any knowledge of there? Did they have they, some they, experts? Yeah, they, they, they have some there. Mm -hmm. They didn't really know how to work with kids, but um, it's a small country and I actually got to be friends with... Uh, uh, they had um, like a two-year program there, and I got to be friends with. They started a therapy program there, and I got to be friends with the the director there. And so I used to teach over there, and we used to have a got to be friends with a guy from the states over here, and he used to bring a team over. So when I was there, I used to uh, do yearly conferences, and actually taught at the university there from time to time, and um, you know tried to help people you know raise what was going on, but. A lot of the therapy over there, and that was a while ago, was more like therapy we were doing in the States back in the 60s. You know, it wasn't very advanced, very basic. Mm. And, you know, with this, with this pandemic, with COVID happening, did you, were you able to even get some of your patients through Zoom calls or some type of medical oh, application? Was, yeah, I have a couple people I do on Zoom. Um, a lot of the kids, like the severe kids, they don't want anybody coming to the house because a lot of those kids have respiratory problems right. and they, you know, they need ongoing respiratory treatment. They just uh, don't have very good lungs. So, um, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, a lot of people shut down initially. I mean, I, I went down to like five or 10% of what I was doing before for a few months, but it's, it's gradually got better. Right. People let you know let me back in the house because I just tell them I keep my I don't do public meetings and um, back when COVID first started I used to go to the store once a week that's the only place I went out so early Sunday morning I get up like around I'd be there like at seven o'clock when the store opened mm -hmm. and this was like before people were wearing masks you know I'd go in there with a mask and gloves on and oh, okay uh, I'd be in and out and that was the only way people would let me start coming to their home. Mm. During this new, you know, new age, 
new era that we're living. I'd say that we're pretty, we're pretty lucky, even though, I mean, even though COVID has came and even though uh, you made, you know, it made a huge impact to a lot of people and it caused a lot of this, but we're pretty lucky that we have like this technology that even though, you know, people are not able, like yourself, you're not able to go and physically be with your patients, you're at least able to communicate them, communicate with them through Zoom or, you know, whatever right. it might be, you know. Yeah, we're fortunate that we have a technology. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. But a lot, a lot of like the severe kids, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do a, a visit with them. Most of their, their stuff is stretching. It's like I'm stretching them out like the, you know, the cerebral palsy kids tend to be really stiff and tight. Um, occasionally might do a visit because it can't just can't get out there. Um, but unfortunately, some of the parents, they just don't want any in-person visits and they they can't do the therapy like a therapist. But, you know, right. they can learn. Right. And I have a couple of mild kids that are just really mild. Yeah, it's very appropriate for me to do a visit because we're just doing basically exercises so I can instruct them fairly well. Right. And it seems, you know, right after COVID, at least here in Texas, it seems like it seemed like we were kind of slowly getting back into some type of normalcy. And then all of a sudden we get hit with this winter. <laughs> with this <laughs> yeah, I know. Week of winter. This week has been bad. Yeah, I didn't see anybody. I didn't go. Um, Tuesday, I went out to kind of see how the roads were because I knew we were getting another storm. And I just picked up a few things at the store. I went out last Friday before all these storms came and, and just mm. did a lot of shopping, you know, um, and just stocked up a little. And then, but just going out on Tuesday in the roads, I'm like, no, because I do, you know, home visits. So it's not like I'm driving to a place and uh, I'm sure all the therapy has been very limited. But right. Tuesday when the roads are just horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. It was it was definitely crazy. And yeah, they had told us to just stay home stay home on stay home on Tuesday. And okay. you know, thankfully we had we already had Monday off. So right. and you know, as I'm home, I'm watching what's going on and I see all these accidents on the 35. And I was like, yeah. wow, you know, thankfully. I had to stay home because the 35 freeway here in Texas is actually the one that I usually take to work. So, right. you know, I was kind of lucky in a way. Cause we got snow over the weekend and Monday, a lot of people were laying low. There's a holiday, you know, it was a work day for me, but I, I did go out Tuesday afternoon. I went to the store just to kind of see how the roads were and they were still, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, Better off staying home than getting killed. Right. <laughs> did Did you guys have any power loss or any loss oh, of yeah. water? Oh, really? Not water. Okay. What about power? Oh, no, we didn't have power for like, I think, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Really? Would Were you prepared? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, we have food, you know, it's... It's cold, so you don't have to worry about the refrigerator not working because right, it's already cold in there. <laughs> the food's not going to spoil. <laughs> How much did it drop inside your house? Well, it got down to like forty-two. Wow, it wow. was bad. It but was you're... hard. There was one night I couldn't sleep. I mean, we sleep mm. for a few minutes, and it was just so cold. But we we put the we have a fireplace, so we put that on for a little while. But I didn't. It's a good thing I decided not. It's not a good idea to sleep and leave the fire going, you know, yes. so it's gas, it's, it's, it's regular gas, um, you know, natural gas, but, um, you know, it's a gas log. So it's one of those, it looks like fire, you know, it looks like, oh, okay. It's actually not logs. There's something on top of it, but it's just like a, a grate and a grill. It's when the right. natural gas is burning, it's fine. But if for some reason the fire goes out or something, the gas is, is very dangerous. Right. 
Right. But we, 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 we sat in front of that a few nights playing games. So now okay. it's like, my wife's like, we need to do this more often. I yes. Said, <laughs> I told her it's called game night. I said, yeah, we could do game night. You know, <laughs> you need some yeah. different games. You know, I got tired of playing the same game. We had like, sorry. And I taught them some card games that they had never played before. So, right. Yeah, it I almost felt like I didn't play almost... cards and, like yeah. a decade right it almost felt like quarantine all over again yeah oh no it was it's bad now it's like the roads are thawing out and it's like i haven't been out in a week i want to go out <laughs> <I'm> going out <laughs> like tomorrow even just drive the car someplace right everything's all all wet and muddy though you know but like we have places that we go up to oklahoma that's about an hour and a half away but mm -hmm. nah, I it's probably all lousy up there right now but it's nice to just hop in the car and go some outdoor place you know right now you're you're from boston right i'm from boston yeah was this were you was did it feel like home for you no because this is like ridiculous just a few inches of snow um no snow i mean they have snow removal equipment up there so the roads this 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 would not have stopped anything mm. Right. This would have been. This is nothing. This is nothing to me, but um, I they they put stuff on the roads to melt the ice, mm. and um, have snow plows. So there might have been a few icy areas. Yeah, ice is a is a problem. Snow is, but this this would have been over in a day or two. Tops. Really, and the houses are winterized. The houses have um, a different type of plumbing. Mm. that doesn't or not that it's different but it's it's set up different it's 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 set up uh, this this doesn't happen up up north very often you might get a burst pipe here or there but all oh, these pipes bursting and electrical things going down and i mean it has to get pretty bad i mean you need at least a foot of snow for to stop people up there it really is, yeah wow This this is ridiculous. I'm just like this is ridiculous for someone from from cold country, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't really prepared or anything for it, and hopefully now that we are. But then again, it's like we don't. The last time this happened was kind of similar to it was I believe in 2011, and that was what nine, ten, nineteen years ago. So. Is there it doesn't happen very this is the yeah. one, like the worst I think it usually it might freeze for a day or two and then it's you just drip your faucets and it's okay right so is it even really worth it to prepare yourself you know or for the um, for the state to prepare for, for, itself? For, for, for new construction it's 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 only a few few like if I were building a house yeah I I, I would it's it's it, it's very minimal cost. But to go back and try to like fix my house now, yeah, it would be, yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be cost effective. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you're building a new home, it's pretty easy to um, locate your faucets. Just you, you put a valve inside the house. All the houses up north have a little valve, you know, inside the house, like you know, so many feet in, and you just you run the faucet, then you turn that valve off, and then the faucet doesn't freeze because there's no water out, out there. It's mm. the valves inside the house where it's warm. So that's, if you were doing that on a new house, I mean, you're talking, you know, a few dollars, you know, like 10, 15 dollars probably for each faucet. And that would help a lot because there's a lot of people in the laundry rooms, you know, there's, there's just a few things you would do on new construction to go back and retrofit your house would probably be, uh, yeah, you couldn't do that. But when you're doing new construction, yeah. Oh, so you so you wouldn't be able like for you you wouldn't be able to do those type of changes on your house now. Well, it it, it would be very difficult. Mm. House not designed, you know. Right. You, you have a valve in the living room, you know. It's like, <laughs> like I was thinking, if you were designing a house, and um, the house up north had basements, so all the shutoff valves are in the they have shutoff valves for the outs. In, in the basement so your outdoor faucets don't freeze but around here you would just have to design it into your house and have like a little door or something right you know? 
you would have to put it, you know, someplace in the wall and an inner wall, and it it would be very easy to do. But that's construction, not therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, you got some pretty good uh, valid points because you're you're from Boston, so you've kind of experienced what it what oh, snow really is. I mean, and there's other parts of the country that are much colder. Minnesota is they're always below zero in the winter and they don't have these problems up there. They don't have pipes bursting all over the place, you know? Right. We're simply just, just one, we're not prepared. We weren't prepared for it. And two, like none of our infrastructure was built no. for stuff like that. No, it usually doesn't happen. Like I have sprinklers. Um, I had a couple frozen faucets, but they thawed out and they're fine. Plus, I prayed over them. I said, these pipes will not burst in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I see the, the plumber over at the neighbor's house, but like I got a, uh, hopefully my sprinkler system's okay. I forgot to pray over that. I guess I could go pray over it now. But because, yeah. but if something bursts there, they're just little pipes. I mean, it would just be a high water bill, uh, but they're outside, so they're not going to flood the house or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. i'm just like well everything else went good so right yeah yeah there's a there's a there's a lot of stuff going out there especially you know there's stories that you hear that you know people in their um their chimneys they've you know they've died or even caught on fire because of all the carbon monoxide yeah, uh, yeah. carbon monoxide poison no oh, water people... no food oh yeah like we've had water yeah, and we had food because, you know, we had food. We always keep a little extra f food around. Food that we don't usually eat, like canned food. Yeah. Like we don't eat canned food, but we have some around. And usually what ends up happening is a replace it like every year or so before it expires. You know, you give it away like in the summer, like, well, you know, this food drive. So it's like, okay. And they want canned food. So you can just give that stuff away and then when the fall comes stock up, you know, at least have a week's worth of food around. I figure if a big apocalypse comes or something, I don't want to be alive anyway. So just <laughs> enough to hold me over for a week or two is, is fine. You know, it's like, if I have to survive for the rest of my life, it's like, nah, just check out, you know, you know, when they have these doomsday and apocalypse things and the people build these bunkers and they stock up on food and it's like, Nah, if the world's coming to an end, I'll, I'll just go, you know, I don't want to be around. I don't want to be the, you know, couple thousand people left on the earth fighting over food. It's like, nah, nah. Yeah. Not worth yeah. it. Hopefully after this week is over, we'll maybe catch a break. We'll see. Well, we won't, we won't get any food. We shouldn't get another one of these, I hope. I mean, that's like some of these parts of the world they got hurricanes, you know, they mm -hmm. had like something like, you know, hurricanes a lot worse, but they were out food and water and all this stuff and they're just barely recovering. And then another hurricane comes in, you know, it's like, right. that would be like, you know, next weekend, another big storm comes along and douses us with icing in and stuff. Right. Most likely that's, it only happens like once every 10 years or so. So yeah, that's the thing. It's like people don't prepare because it's not going to happen that often, but Right. Like I said, if I was building a new construction house around here, I would talk to them and say, oh, you know, a few, I want to add on a few things. Just it, it's very simple to do when you're building the house. Right, right. But to like, yeah, I'd have to tear walls out and all kinds of stuff. It's Not like, fun stuff. No, nah, no. Nah. But you have to know how to turn your water off too. It's, you know, I almost turned the water off. But I tested the faucets and they were thawing out on their own. But I mean, if... If a pipe bursts, you got to turn the water off. If you're in an apartment, it's kind of hard to turn your water off, you know. Mm -hmm. But house, I mean, it's very easy. There's just a valve out on the street, and it takes me five seconds. Like when I when I go on vacation, I turn my water off. Mm. Mm, okay. Like because you never know when something's gonna burst, and if you're not there, you come home and your house flooded from something burst. Yeah, even if I just overnight, I, you know, if I'm not gonna be, we're going away for the night. I, I turn the water off every time. Nice. It's nice. easy. Right. You just take it in, <laughs> stick it in there and turn it. You're right. Very nice. All right, Mark. Well, uh, once again, thank you. 
thank you for uh, thank you for being on and I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Yes, definitely did. Now I'm gonna try to implement more stretching before my workouts. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, you're that. still you're still young enough to get uh, to get on top. I got one of these things called a total gym. A total gym? Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, what's Have you the heard total... of a total gym? No. It's a it's it's a piece of equipment, and I got it about a year ago. Uh, I got a used one. Um, they're usually around fourteen hundred dollars, and I got one for five hundred. Nice. Uh, that was just used a few times, but it, it it's like a sliding board and it stretches and strengthens. Mm. It's it's got stretching. I mean, I don't substitute it for stretching. It's not like okay, I already did my toll gym. I don't need to stretch, but it it it, it gets you through the full range of motion. Have you? They have them on on the TV sometimes with Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know him? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I do. <laughs> Yeah, he's, oh, okay. he's, he's 70 years some 70 something years old and he's still out pumping away he's been mm. using a toll gym for like decades oh, okay that the toll like gym a, is, yeah if it works for him is, why not yeah i wanted to um you know go to the next level on what i was doing because i had some weights and i was doing i have a therapy ball which i do a lot of stuff on the ball uh, a lot of strengthening and weights some free weights and push-ups sit-ups stuff like that I was wanting to go to the next level on, you know, something harder. And uh, it just came, you know, the idea of the toll gym and, oh, man, the thing. I mean, I was sore. It, it, the first month you use it, you're just sore as crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you, they say only 10 or 15 minutes a day. That's because that's all you can tolerate. You'll do oh, 10 really? or 15 minutes and you'll be so sore the next day that you have to wait. Eric. But uh, even being in good shape, that thing, right now I'm, now I'm fine. It doesn't make me sore at all unless... Sometimes I'll go to the next level on it, but uh, I don't sell the toll gym, but I endorse it. It's awesome. Right. Very nice. <laughs> and it, it really does work out. It's, they call it toll gym because you can work out your whole body. Mm. Like my legs are really strong because I do a lot of cycling, so I, I don't have to work out my legs. They, they're, they're totally built, but upper body, you know, and yes. core. I do a ton of core stuff. That's something I didn't do when I was younger. Mm. Um Having a stronger core, it's like you move better, you walk better. I ride the bike better. I'm just stronger. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. T- I do a lot of core work. Very core nice. And, yeah. Core and arms, like my neck. Not that it's that big, but I had to buy all new shirts because I couldn't button them. Oh wow! My neck, my neck grew a half an inch. Mm, by doing. I guess I, was a, I, was, I guess I was a real pencil neck. Um, by doing from working what? out, oh. from just exercising. Very nice. Because all my, all my, I outgrew all my shirts. Nice. All the ones that you have to wear a tie for, I couldn't button them. I had to, I had to go out and buy all new stuff. Very nice. <laughs> the stuff was kind of old anyway, so it was no big deal. <laughs> all right, Mark. Well, uh, well, thank you for thank you for having uh, for being on, man. Okay. Yeah. If anyone's in, if you run into anybody and they're interested, they can uh, get in contact with me. Okay. All you right. Know. Sounds good. Well, right. um, thanks, man. What is what is one way to get a hold of you? They can just you got my phone. Just have them text me. Okay. That's okay. the best way. They can email me or they can text me, but you know, email is slow. Yeah. You know, if somebody's young and they like thinking about becoming a therapist, I I, yes. I do that. I talk to people. I can give them, you know, point them in the right direction. Yeah, that's another reason why I kind of want to have you on because there are some people that are kind of looking into that field. And I yeah. thought having you on would be a good way to kind of give them I mean, you know, more information of some, what yeah. it involves in and kind of provide them uh, your experiences and why some of the things that you have to gone through. Uh, I've been around a, a long time here now. <laughs> 30 years is a long time to be doing. It's actually over 30, I think 32 or I don't know. I stopped counting, <laughs> but as I'm transitioning, you know, cause I'm, I'm wrapping up my therapy career, but what I want to transition into is more, um, even if it's just volunteer work at university is, is, oh, is okay. more, of, more of a mentoring and teaching. Cause I'll never stop doing something with therapy, but, um, I'm transitioning into, into the business world now. Um, right. Very, very slowly, but trying, you know, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, something's going to work out there. I got 
different things I'm working on. Um, but in terms of therapy, it's like I want to get back into missions and teaching and just passing on. So that's that's going to be my role. It's, it's like retired from actually doing the field work, you know. Right. Right, Omar. All right, Omar. All right well, me good luck, time. Mark. And well, uh, hey. take care. Stay warm. You too. If there's anything I can help you with your personal stuff, I know I haven't been in touch, but I'm I'm always available. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. All right thank day. you. Mark. Say hi to your wife and child there. All right, you guys. Thank you. you okay.